0: 2020 is about to be over it's the final countdown
1: the final countdown you're listening
2: to that blessed and highly flavored podcast it's only because a nigga
0: bless welcome back to black oak house reviews i'm your host christina we are back for another episode of the expanse this is the halfway mark and i'm not okay i'm just it's going by so quickly and i cannot contain my my frustration rage after every episode when it goes off because i'm like i need more i need just about 25 more hours of this book i love the fact that they are also this year and they're showing it on the Expanse Amazon Prime site that they are taking direct dialogue from the book on screen and it's just seeing things that play out in your mind differently, even a little bit than what you may have seen it, particularly the character of Conacheck which we will get there, but I still like the changes for the show. It makes perfect sense every time they do a change and because the writers of the book and are heavily I should say involved in the show I don't ever seem to mind it ever I'm just like oh, okay I can see in this universe why that makes sense so this is Down and Out written by Matthew Rasmussen and directed by Jeff Wolno, who worked on Vikings Birds of Prey got a impressive portfolio i gave this episode a 9.8 out of 10 the only non-10 out of this season but i do think unlike some fans that ran to reddit and immediately went this is a filler episode i know just because you can write down your opinion for millions of people to view you may think you're a film critic however if you are going to think you're a film critic at least google the word in which you are using to describe filler it's like anything that is not fast-paced that's this is filler i just you know oh it's partial filler it's no the definition of filler has been warped completely by people online who don't at at all try to adhere to any actual baseline of of knowledge like i get that you are deeply into i'm deeply into film but i actually go the extra step because i didn't go to college for it and try to google words before i use them because i want to use them properly but though this was not a filler episode it was a slower paced episode definitely after the huge intensity of last episode but it was also like the first three episodes that everyone was complaining were equally slow you need the the context to build up a show you cannot have a story going 120 miles per hour because you want to get to that part of the story and want to skip the part that doesn't make your balls tickle I understand that may not be your preference and thus you can definitely subscribe to the opinion that hey this was a slower pace episode it didn't get back to the heavy action of last episode what's the fallout but I think they took the step back to give the audience a chance to watch other characters react to the change in the universe this isn't a show that caters to one or two fan favorites just to appease its audience it is going to tell the story in all of its uh nuance and i think that when people respond they don't necessarily take that into consideration when they are formulating their opinions on the episode it's not to invalidate what you're saying but at the same time it doesn't at all address the way I am in both sides of it why this episode in my opinion was very necessary and needed and it also gave us a chance to take a breath maybe binge watching also has just bred an impatience in viewing an arc in its entirety that has to be digested week by week maybe there is something to that idea but i will say i thought the lull was really great to allow for some good acting and some more insight in particularly naomi's situation i do get some of the indication on reddit in particular that a lot of people are not huge fans of naomi or just indifferent to that storyline so yes that of course would be reason not to enjoy an episode on the same pinnacle as if christian or amos was in that said episode that's again your preference however someone should just bust to you right now that this is naomi's season it it's gonna be focused very heavily on the inaro's drama so that you might want to start contenting yourself with the fact that you might be seeing her a great deal of the time and maybe that is just going to make your enjoyment of the season suffer but nemesis game is her book so I don't know what you want me to tell you (laughs) but it's really good stuff we're getting on that side as well as with the other additional characters uh the closing scene with bobby and alex running for their lives with some adrenaline pumping i was thoroughly terrified for them i didn't know what was going to happen and i know i needed to see bobby in her armor this season so whatever had to go down it better have had bobby (laughs) breathing at the end of it and i think she will be now i have not mentioned at top like i usually do i won't be spoiling any of the books in my recap however i will be discussing book spoilers uh, after the feedback section i have read all of the books and the novellas it is my favorite sci-fi series of all time if not my favorite book series of all time and i cannot get enough talking about it but i will say the one critique i will bring to the show in this episode in particular is that as much as everyone is saying they are ready for the fallout of the rocks I critique of naomi's arc is the fact that i don't have as much context as i think the audience should have at this point and I'm not sure how I feel about the way in which they are dulling out some of the context that we are getting so I'm having a back and forth that I will begin in the episode and probably finish up in the spoiler section I think I said like context 40 times in the last minute I'm not sure why i'm just becoming aware of it but it just hit me like a light bulb that i probably just repeated that word (laughs) i'm not going back to listen and look because it is also new year's eve we getting turned up we already actually turned up already talked to the kid and wished her happy new years and asked her what she was gonna say well she asked me what i was gonna say at midnight and i actually had to think about it she said What did she say? Because it was something dumb. (laughs) Nothing that had anything to do with anything. Just a random state. I don't even remember. That's how quickly it just went out of my brain. Because I was like, girl, I can't even hear you sometimes. I can't. Like, you, you crazy. But yes, I have the night to myself, I have the next 10 days off of work. I am about to spoil the living shit out of myself I did buy one of those massagers one of those handheld massager things that I saw on Twitter I didn't get that particular one I you know I got to do my research first (laughs) gotta look at the reviews I went on Amazon and bought one and I don't know how I feel about it I don't think I like it I don't think I like it at all and that's very unfortunate because I really wanted to but I do not think it is something it's it's too cumbersome like if it's at someone else with me doing it all by myself and I already got an arm and pendant, no no I'm good I'm good I may find something else that is a lot more in line with my amount of work i want to put into this i really should just get massages but the world's still fucked up and it's not going to be righted after 2020 ends however we at least have something to look forward to because god knows it can only get better it seems than it getting worse now if the election had went a whole different way the tune of that whole entire statement would be different y'all see that mitch mcconnell blocked the two thousand dollar increase and then held hostage like okay well i'll think about it if you a i forgot what the other one was because it sounded like something he would do but the other one was just ridiculous he's like oh and entertain the idea that trump really did <laughs> have voter fraud in the election i'm like what kind hell is wrong with kentuckians what is going on with your iq people i mean jesus this guy every time i see him he looks like a disease one that should have been taken out a long time ago but keeps on he is a cockroach okay he is gonna hold on looking busted up freaking purple and black and blue and everything that was just bad lighting okay sir okay it's just not the the devil inside of you coming to to forefront and you forgot to put your makeup on today anyhow i feel like i got really off topic (laughs) and we need to jump into this recap so let's start with Drummer and her faction. They are reacting to the news of Marco's actions. And while it was a brief scene, it was a good look in how the Belters feel about the attack. And I'm sure the next episode we will learn the full extent of it because we had the broadcast the Belter station who is talking about the, the attack and what is the fallout. Now keep in mind this is Belter news. so we don't know and even they admit at the end like oh the estimate death rate is one to two million people however with earth's resources being already dwindling they are bound to have much more devastation and i think that's what we're going to be tackling next episode is that it sounds like it's one or two million because i know book readers are all going oh you know that's a little light for what yeah hold your horses i think they're going to come out and it's going to be much more worse than anyone had predicted and that's going to be that that um increasing amount of devastation watching play out so that it lingers more and we're not switching or we're not moving past it i should say too quickly and that's important it needs to be felt by every single character at every single moment in which more information is coming out and more decisions are going to have to be made sometimes on very limited information and you have drummer one of their folks being like you know this they're all sad about it and he says people on series and what was the other one Tycho. I think they stated was celebrating and they were like yeah i don't believe that and he's like yeah it doesn't matter the earthers are gonna believe it basically indicating that everyone is not gonna be like hoorah this is great that two million people just died but then they're also gonna have some folks like joseph and them being like well they don't shed no tears when they be killing us because ganymede happened Arrow station happened we didn't get no tears no one gave a fuck and there's a lot of righteous people and this should bring out those types of people and it's fair that this type of devastation never wants to be justified that's what the good moral code in everyone tells them and there are those that stand in that truth 145 percent and then there's those people that are oppressed and are kind of (laughs) like i'm not saying i would have went that route that is not justification to kill a whole bunch of people however i can see why my bro would go that way and that is the unfortunate truth of the matter that makes so many uncomfortable because i've seen the many conversations (laughs) in which people are going back and forth i think that you need to be able to see it from the oppressor side and if you can't understand it from their side then you will inevitably repeat the same mistake again and again and again and history has shown us this many a times go look it's about uh thousands of years old got plenty of evidence and i think that's gonna be what christian and even mars because a lot of people are like well mars is responsible as well no not mars is responsible a faction of martians that have went rogue are responsible for being accomplices in what happened on earth and mars. So not the planet of Mars, not even the military of Mars, not like the first season, right, where you had people doing shit in the government but everyone was aware except their own citizens, but they're just supposed to do what they say in order to do. But it was clear they all knew that they had the protomolecule and they were playing with it. That wasn't a, a closely guarded secret it would seem and the same way that well you i don't know how aaron wright was playing it just a bit differently but with the fact that christian knew about it she didn't go tell Salvatore. they was handling that shit on their own so factions happen and i'm not at the the mindset to be like well martian is the mars is responsible too a a group of people we don't know how big that group is it could be 10 to 15 people that's not enough to blame a whole entire continent or not continent but you know a planet or culture for those 10 people's actions and that's already starting the racism (laughs) see how quickly people become when it nationalism is involved that the show is trying to showcase and that's what also brought up it doesn't matter now what oksana says marco has now involved everyone in this every belter is now a enemy of every inner and there may be a few that see it differently but right now with this amount of catastrophe we either uh find ourselves taking advantage of the situation and binding together or split and then tortured and then we lose this opportunity and then we fracture and then we're back at the bottom but we possibly are going to be worse from there so there's a lot of decisions that have to be made and that's where i think characters like joseph and Oksana are going to be of the mindset and that's going to be problematic for drummer whose first response to the news is because she's talking to Oksana, and she says this is my fault because i'm the only person that had him in an airlock and she's trying to say you can't move or you can't live in the past you have to move forward and drummer says it's hard to move forward when it's basically my fault not only ashford now uh fred and then she mentions naomi how this must be breaking her heart we didn't see that she reached out to her but we didn't need to know that she probably sent her a message immediately after she talked with her crew And then you also get the opinion of what i was saying earlier where it's like well i wouldn't have put it on them but they did deserve it even if it's innocent people we were always innocent too and that's the part that when you are talking about the oppressed to what happens to the oppressors and you're like oh this is so terrible keep in mind that they have enacted the same atrocities against the people in which they are calling now the terrorists the horrible people they committed genocide just because the number was smaller in a certain scale to them doesn't mean that genocide was not enacted and it's not the first time we saw Anderson Station. We saw them get rid of a whole group of people because they had the audacity to stand up and want actual health care. I hope they go more into the conflict of the Belters, which they very shoddily tried to bring up in the Sin and Naomi conversation. I tried to, they did, but I will get to that eventually. I want to still stick with Drummer because there's a lot more to talk about there is no doubt that marco anaros or anaros as they keep saying him on the belter side is a monster he is not a good person and it's not because necessarily of his actions a hundred percent his very zealot very um very epic actions of destroying millions of people's lives that was men women and children however in his eyes if he sees his own people feeling the exact same type of pain when does your pain become more than my pain oh no we're starting to ask westworld questions (laughs) and i like the fact that it's so easy to say he's a villain but he's not a villain for the reasons in which i view him as a villain his personality betrays him everything about how he presents himself betrays him it is not a selfless need it is a selfish need and that's what separates him for being someone else that maybe just maybe more people could get behind seeing what he has done because moving forward you have more of a certain sense that their actions are indeed um, they're making a sacrifice even if that sacrifice is uncomprehensible or I should say reprehensible yes (laughs) that's the word I was looking for I'm not doing no editing tonight I'm just letting you know that right now but that's also the thing about the selfless people I don't think they would make that sacrifice or make that choice to make that move to destroy their enemy it was audacious in the way in which it was merciless in its execution but then you see how he acts in his personal life and it's clear he wants control he has vanity his whole Pella Rasa <laughs> I love that the way in which he even exudes his manner with the 12 o'clock shadow oh i need at the end of this i need someone to just write a whole thesis on (laughs) marco james holden and naomi because there's just so much there so much and it makes so much sense and it falls so in line with the source material but it's so subtle that my fear is casual viewers might not be able to catch a lot of the things that play out in the scenes when they're together and it's so good as a book reader because I'm hearing it I'm hearing that in a dialogue of Naomi I'm hearing what's in Philip's head I'm knowing what's in Marco's head and yet it's all done very unspoken and it plays out between their dynamic but it's not something that is in your face and it's also not a topic i even wrote on reddit in a response that a lot of people may not be comfortable delving into because we are talking about an emotionally abusive and uh not healthy relationship between all three people and it's not a situation a lot of people probably want to think a whole lot about like oh I need to put some work into the fact that how fucked up this really is back to drummer she says that fred johnson was a good man after the one guy said that he was a good man for or he heard he was a good man for an earther she says he was a good man period and she sees even between people that she loves that are family that there's a divide and how the belter nation should move forward with what has happened oksana lets drummer know like hey when i was talking to you before i saw that message that you got from marco naros inviting the factions to meet up and this is also what separates marco he definitely wants to get the people that are like (laughs) i think bending the knee but not quite bending the knee like you're on my side or you're not on my side but i assure you it's better if you're on my side and he is not fucking around with just how orchestrated and how weaponized he has become making himself declaring himself the leader of the free navy he is the police he is the government he is the head of state and everyone better fucking fall in line and that's gonna create some problems because drummer is gonna want to slice his neck off now how do i think because we don't get too much we don't actually get any of drummer after this what do i think that drummer is going to do She's gonna get up in his face and then he is gonna play with the fact that she let him go he is going to twist her guilt and shove it down her throat because that is what marcos does and i have no doubt that he sent that message with every anticipation that she would hate it he knows about her close relationship with ashford But i think he also knows her crew better than she knows her crew because the way oksana and all of them are acting they're gonna be totally on board with signing up or being a part of and if he can sell it which he's gonna sell it drummer is gonna find herself in a predicament i think there's prediction she might run into naomi i think that's a possibility But I don't think so. I think that Marco is going to keep that card close to the vest. Because that does nothing but create more tension. Personal tension between them. And right now he's trying to become a diplomat. He's trying to assert his power. And putting her in isolation. I think that is going to be punishment. Him bringing her out to toss before Drummer. that it's not necessary. He has more than enough to twist her to his or bend her i should say to his cause whether she likes it or not and the fact that many belters are going to be suffering as a part of how the inners are going to treat them at this juncture they're going to be dependent on each other more than ever so squabbles may seem rather nonsensical in the grand scheme of making sure that their people are fed and taken care of. So there's gonna be some decisions to be made that Drummer is still gonna have to sacrifice and be diplomatic, or she can't live with that and she needs to find James Holden and <laughs> they need to go rescue uh, their significant other. Okay, let's get it. Fish, let's get it. Oh. So let's check in with Amos and Peaches he wakes up in her cell there's rubble everywhere but they are both relatively unharmed she is messed up with her hand and he puts it in a sling for her and he yells for help and he is able to get in contact with the guard rona and she is able to let him out he's like uh she's like i can't get this open i'm gonna go find some help he's like fuck that (laughs) we just gonna figure this shit out don't go nowhere because then you may not come back and the place did look like it was going to crumble at any given point in time you can see there's an intensity when amos is in survivor mode he doesn't really think he just acts he comes up with solutions he's quick on his feet it's a good thing that he was with them I will say it's a little bit of a change in the books and that's all I will say but I like the way in which it gave him some autonomy and he did bring up a really good point you know I have friends in high places and then he is able to get peaches out as well because rona is like no she gotta stay in her cell and he's like i'm making myself responsible for her safety and you're responsible for my safety so are we gonna argue or are we gonna get the fuck out of here and she makes the call and we meet up with two other guards well three sully forgot the black guy's name and the other guy's name as well (laughs) and at first they're like what the hell why is a prisoner out here I will say it was a little rough seeing one prisoner out and all of the other ones are in their cells and then all the guards just left them that is a little inhuman (laughs) i had that lingering thought at the end of the episode like damn and you know it's their problem but they at least could have opened the cells but they were like not even taking any chances and i can't blame them i really can these are people who clearly deserve to all be down here <laughs> so then we have amos coming up with the idea to well first they open the stair door and the rubble comes down and fucks up sully's leg and he has the idea to open the elevator shaft because there should be a service ladder that should lead up to the top Rona also points out that she has not heard anything from the top yet and he's like I knew there was a rock that exploded he doesn't realize it he goes that must have been a huge blast from Africa Uh uh-huh honey I laugh for 20 whole minutes every time I keep watching that scene it must have been a huge blast and I wanted her to say from Africa we're in fucking baltimore we're close to baltimore anyhow uh they're unable to open the service elevator and sully has a really bad idea and by bad idea i mean it actually ended your life Looks like i made a mistake but it also saved a lot of others out of all the folks why did we have to get kind check just bad decision making <laughs> but ew, i hate the fact that you can tell someone's just a disgusting human being when you see their glass and it's just fogged up and stained like even their breath is trying to escape them but him screaming i have rights and then they open the door and they point the gun at him And he was going full throttle and then he's just like so what's new and i knew some people were kind of liking this guy the whole time was just like "Ugh, this that's why he was calling them tiny because this is the kind of dude that has a two inch dick
2: (laughs) that's awful that's awful
0: but he is useful and he is able to get that elevator door open with absolutely no problem And then they're able to get the service ladder, but it's behind another barrier. And he makes the comment like, oh, there's not a lot of ways to get out of here. And she's like, it's a maximum security prison. It's not meant to be escaped from, clearly. And the fact that it's 10 levels down with people with mods, yes, it's really not meant to be escaped from. But he comes up, Amos, with the plan of shooting two bullet holes and then having Tiny he said what did you call me you're ugly you're disgusting i'm gonna kill you give me two hundred dollars he's gonna open and then that is going to lead them to the top it's a really good plan we also find out that the weapons are dna identified so no one can take any of the other guards weapons nice little detail right there let's go now to one jim holden
2: such a lonely day
0: and it's mine. The most loneliest day of my life. I felt so horrible for Jim this entire episode. <laughs> he was just so alone. He has and then him and just in that that um which I love the transport little bubble thing. Him in there, and he says, Naomi. I need to hear from you and everybody knows Under so it's a gut punch cuz he don't know yet but he's about to find out and then he just continues to say it's not good the understatement of the century and then lists all the things that are an absolute nightmare for him he cannot reach Amos or Alex Fred Johnson is dead the molecule is gone he can't reach his parents, and the Montana grid has fallen. Oh my goodness! Oh my damn! Oh my goodness! And he ends with, "I need to hear from you." Now, someone else made a comment of, "It feels like Jim Holden is not the protagonist or the lead character in his own show," and I think that is a twofold type of idea now in the book James Holden's POV is he gets more chapters than anyone so there's no debate on who is the main protagonist or POV I would say up into this point in this particular season he has maintained that but book five is one of the books in which James kind of takes a back seat because he's been in the front seat for so long so I get what the poster was saying that oh he feels very restrained this season yeah that's apropos for the allowance for the other characters to take a much bigger focal point because we've gotten to know just about everything there is to know about jim Holden, and it can only manifest so much further with him and by manifest we need to know what's going on with his brain that still can see things that other people can't but we put a pin in that for some other time so that's a great time to start having amos and naomi and he be reacting versus the one that is proactive to the things that are happening or reactive to things that are he has to take control over so he's in a very helpless position and that is exactly what the character is supposed to be feeling right now with the isolation of not having his family not knowing if anyone is okay he hasn't heard from anything and then worse at the end of this episode one's worst nightmares just come to fruition and he's playing it Stephen straight very straight face very true to Jim Holden and I think that statement earlier in the season it does so much work still of you look well rested yeah well I'm a mess inside he definitely plays that mess inside and I think at some point before this in the end of the season he's going to implode and things are going to hit him in a way in which he does react but what i like is is the shock is still there and it causes people to react in different ways we have and we follow up very quickly after these few additional scenes on Tycho with bobby and alex and how they react so you have amos and peaches they don't know what's going on so they have to discover what it's like on earth what situation for the pov of the audience and then we have the drummer in the belt and how they feel there's some sadness there's some regret but there's also some righteous uh you know satisfaction despite it not being a healthy feeling and then you move on to Holden, whose prime whose priority is the protomolecule getting that back that's what he has decided to focus on it's always been (laughs) the thing in which he cannot escape and thus that's all he can do and he goes and talks to bull who he meets outside the door of interrogating sake because the guard he put in charge decided to bust a cap in her because that's how it be sometimes and then you have the way in which bull continues to talk down to the belter even after everything that has happened that his attitude has not changed and then holden makes a line in this interrogation scene that tells me that despite well one is completely ignorant and the other is despite his romance with a belter still doesn't quite understand his empathy as well exactly what the belter fight is all about why there are belters that feel the way they feel and he shows his naivete in the room when sake says you know i don't regret anything and bull is threatening to put her in the recycler feed her to the mushrooms and then eat them in front of her she says i don't give a fuck (laughs) And then Holden says well i don't understand you weren't some rock hopper you had a good life here and she looked at him like oh yeah i had such a great life working for an earther under an earther corporation for another earther and another earther like do you think we want to be your lap dog why do you feel like being under your boot even if it's a comfortable place underneath the boot is where we want to be we want our independence keep telling us what's best for us you keep not allowing us to think for ourselves and then when we do think for ourselves you kill us you take away our supplies and now you guys are running off to this new world this new planet and another part about the first episode or was it the third episode it was the third episode that i forgot to mention was the unemployment like i didn't touch on that conversation at least i don't remember touching on the conversation about the people in the bar that were harassing naomi and they were talking about how people are not needing as many belters to do the work the mining because now they can do that themselves on these new worlds so they're in their own recession and have been and now here's everyone else going for the wealth of the worlds that can restore them and they're stuck in the ashes that's going to create a resentment especially if you don't care to address it if you refuse to address the issue if you make no types of future for that and fred was trying to do that with medina station and with the with the navy but you can see even earthers that or even belters that respected him are like you don't come from where i come from you don't have my struggles you don't feel it the same way i feel it and that in some way was always going to be a dooming aspect that unfortunately was never meant to overcome with all of the fallout i think if there wasn't eros and ganymede there would have been a chance for For fred to create this dream or the rain gates but unfortunately as they stated with the epstein drive technology changes everything and now the board has been reset and the belt is at the bottom and now they're in worse conditions than the first time that the empires rose and sakai even mentioned you know it's weird i kind of like fred like, I didn't have any personal beef with him, but he stands in the way of the thing in which I want more. And that's the reason in which he had to go. And then you have them saying that we know where the Zamir went, that Monica was able to get the trajectory. She has a moment of pausing. And this was a great acted scene by Sakai because she knows she has to commit in that moment if she had a card to play this is the one to play it since we know that she had sabotaged the rossi now this was predicted by so many people from back to left to front to up and down everyone knew that this was something that was gonna come into play from the moment she was introduced it's just things you put together i think unfortunately it didn't pace out in the same way in which it would have been a much much less um expected turn of events i should say but i think that the fandom was a little harsh on its treatment and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna hear it in the feedback too uh of holden and why he did not think to Entertained the idea that she may have sabotaged the rossi especially when she says wait one minute and then she takes a moment to gain her resolve and she says see you when you get back and then she made another comment of you know not just what happened what's about to happen she was dropping all types of hints this episode was dropping a whole lot of hints for every character because ain't nobody can hold water like these velters Secret <laughs> secret operations is not what they do which is a little surprising considering they are very good at being smugglers and things of that nature they definitely live on the the hustle side of life so i thought that was a little eh, but but the i could see it being something that all of the characters organically would do like i said this moment was her knowing she could was about to die right now like he's not coming back if the rossi blows up at the plan successful then there is no second conversation this is me uh saying goodbye to my death and she committed to that and that definitely tells a really great story on how committed these people are to their cause and it's not that the cause is wrong and that is the genius of Marco he has taken very valid there's no lies in his speech there's none he's not lied yet and that's the dangerous power that he pulls is that all he has to do is use his enemy against or to stand in, as justification for the atrocities in which he will enact. I mean, because destroying Tycho Station, there's a lot of fucking belters on Tycho Station. That's uh, not the best interest of your own people, right? But for Marco, it's about getting rid of Fred Johnson and Holden and if we're to be believed also one naomi nagata i've got a lot of feelings and questions about that that i will be talking about in two sections as well so after that we check in with bobby and alex who are still in the razorback i hope we get to see some bobby action at the end um not too much with their scenes except for the fact that alex wants to contact holden but she says no that will give our location away like the best thing we could do is keep moving forward so that's how they decide to deal with the loss is just to not focus on it and to work on bringing the people that have helped this formulate out to justice that's what they're focused on i think eventually i think in the next few episodes we're gonna see a lot more people take this in and i think they're gonna be taking it in for a while and that's another part i think when you're in the viewing experience you could lose is the fact that this is not a day or not i should say a week has passed this is still relatively in the same days afterwards it hasn't been a great deal of time from the moment they they grabbed sake and they got the announcement from the free navy i would say it's probably been one day two at the most so it's not as if all these characters have had you know some good amount of time to process their emotions no some of them are fucking desperate and acting rather suicidal and it makes absolute and utter sense and not stupid as some people like to point out on reddit yes i'm calling all you motherfuckers out because i hate when people just jump to one thing like you're not using your smarts you cannot use your smarts and you also can be emotionally compromised and that's exactly what happens but it doesn't necessarily mean you're being stupid either sometimes the sacrifice or the risk is just what you're willing to risk and if it's works out for the wrong well that's on me that's not me being stupid that's me being i could have done that a different way and now i will live to be wise or not wise on that decision quite frankly whether they needed to do it or not frankie made up not frankie <laughs> i was calling her frankie adams bobby made a call that was rather risky and calculated risk because they are not a gunship if they're spotted they're you're not gonna have much to <laughs> to protect themselves and that's exactly what happens because they watch the Barkeith, and they are able to see their transition or transaction. They realize that they are giving Marco Anaros actual frigates and they are actually giving him his navy not just weapons and then the Babbage ship ends up leaving and then they are spotted i'm just gonna finish up this because it was a really great way to end the episode and then they have to run for their lives and then we finally get to see how you would act in the hygiene burns and this is something i've been totally wanting to see because it is a is a very very um physically (laughs) unhappy unpleasant place to be and the show kind of sometimes understates it especially in their chase scenes but no running for your life in a high g burn can kill you just as much as the missile coming after you can kill you and you're not going to feel great afterwards but i like their maneuver to alex's to dump the core we saw that with ashford and that is basically their only move because the missile hopefully will get devoured in that but they will think that the ship has been destroyed and they won't keep chasing them because if they keep chasing them now they're completely powered down and it's going to take a moment for them to power back up and get to some type of safety where could they go next we know christian is who they're probably going to want to contact i think at this point alex may want to reach out to holden to at least let him know what he where he is and what he's doing but for the most part i will say i don't really care too much about what's going on with alex let's move over to naomi who is being escorted by a very man she gets manhandled by everyone who she comes into contact with notice the only person who has not manhandled her is marco and for some reason, in my very naughty, naughty fanfic, he just takes her by the by the arm, throws her against the wall, and is like, remember, when we was young, Beltalora? and we was in that storage container that one time, and uh, you made some of your red kibble, and then I went down and started to nibble-nibble okay anyhow i'm just saying i'm here for the fanfic if you want to point me in that direction in which i can totally ship these two because goddamn they are hot together i i want to read it but in this scene there's no hotness he has brought her here now notice he brings her from her cell she doesn't leave who sent the guard to bring her to the mess hall marco did not philip so that is an important thing to notate the guard pushes her in and he turns around everyone was laughing until she came into the room it's just the center family right there right i wish we would and this is a complaint i'm gonna have in the book section but i will say i'm missing the the story that was these people why are these people so important to each other why when she walks into a room everyone instantly has a reaction not just marco you know there's a relationship with carl there's a relationship with sin there's a non-relationship with philip and then there's all of the tension in the world in the relationship between naomi and marco there's some mutual mutual dislike but there's also a whole lot of manipulation and punishment but there's also hurt there's just a ton of emotions that dom and the actor keon plays really well between them and he says i heard you're not eating and then he kind of slops some food in a dish and he has a space waiting so he clearly has again planned this and says sit down and eat And then she doesn't immediately do so. She says she wants to go back to her cell. He says, Come sit. He even tries to implore to get her to sit, which is interesting. And then he says, Try to get to know your son. That's why he brought you here. And she says, I'd rather go back to my cell or something to that effect. And she says, I'd rather leave. And he says, That's what you do best. God. now there's a lot that marco says in his dialogue and this whole entire mess hall scene even with philip that yes relates a lot to philip but also relates a lot to how the people in that room feel and he is not exempt from that and so when he says leaving is what you do best it's kind of felt like you know how you're pissed off at someone and so you throw the thing that they did to you in your face but you don't want them to know that it actually hurt you so you say it in a way to make them feel bad about it if that made any sense but that's exactly what that came out as like this is a way to make you look like a shit mother like oh yeah you left your son let's not forget that but there's definitely a you left me as well that's unspoken and the way she looks at him they're definitely having that conversation with their eyeballs and then she says that i want to leave and go back to my ship he says oh your ship you gave that ship to philip i heard that's his ship uh philip do you want your mother to leave on your ship and philip's like no and he's like well i don't know what to do but you're free to go (laughs) you're free you're not a prisoner here when she says that she is a prisoner no i'm not a prisoner i'm just being escorted by a guard everywhere and manhandled not to mention i was tasered and kidnapped but those aren't marco's actions so he could say You know hey this is on your child if you want to blame someone for the situation that you're in for being here this is what philip has done and she's not going to blame philip because in his own warped way this is philip wanting to get to know his mother or know his mother whatever the case may be so this episode answered the question because i have mentioned that this is a little different than the books so it is very clear in this episode that filipito he kidnapped his mother all on his own that was not part of marco's plan part of me still wants to be suspicious of that but the evidence in the scene after he's alone with his son makes it clear that and then also a interview that i read <laughs> with dom and kian that naomi being on this ship was not part of his plan and that he really did intend to blow her up on the Rocinante. Though I still am question marking that. So if Filipito was on. I keep saying Filipito because that's what they say in the books. But with his conversation with Philip. It seems as if this was his sole desire to see his mother. And I think there is a genuine vulnerability about that. But I think it is also opening very old wounds for Marco that he wasn't expecting to fester and open with her arrival on his ship so he is trying to at once convince his son of certain emotions while he himself needs to follow his own advice and yet it's causing him to react and that's something he didn't expect to encounter and it's throwing him off kilter and this is just my interpretation because after naomi leaves because now he can't go call a guard because he just told her that she was free and walks off like he is not even worth her time in a conversation he gets mad like he sits back down they were all laughing before they were having a good time he doesn't brush it off he immediately says get rid of this martian shit we'll get provisions when we when we resupply and there's a mention from sin where he says it's not your famous red kibble which is adorable because remember she made red kibble for the rossi even bobby and everyone was like what's this shit but i'm gonna be respectful and eat it (laughs) so it turns out that she used to cook for her family all the time and they loved her red kibble that is just a very endearing little i want more of that i need more of their interactions with each other not just this hostility and maybe if we had gotten some context that they did leave in the book i I, but i get it it's 10 hours of television you can't put everything in so i'm of two minds about it but i do think they could pour just a little like i i really wanted naomi to sit down at that table for no other reason than to try to assess her in me <laughs> anything but i can also feel that her reaction is organic because she's not that same naomi she's not trying to play the game she right now is desperate reeling she knows and i love how dom explain it like there was a naivete in how she thought it was gonna go with her son because she does see him as the little boy and not the grown man and it kind of plays into what i was saying that i'm not saying her actions were smart i I hate that word i'm not saying her actions weren't ill-advised to not bring back up and to go try to reconcile with your son but she had all these illusions in her brain and she wanted to make that journey and she was naive thinking it was gonna go a particular way but she also was willing to take the risk in trying to save her son because this was all she could do to not get him killed the only thing she could make up for the reason that she has not been there we really haven't seen her and marco in a room alone together also and i think that the minute that happens that's when marco can like every time he has an interaction with her he has to put on a mask in a way because he's playing as sin points out you don't have to play with her like that because sin gets mad takes the shit puts it in the recycler and tells him that And he just tells um, him to go as well as carl because corral carl is gonna say i don't know if say corral or carl i don't know corral now i just feel like i'm country she says you're just gonna let her go and he's like uh there's nowhere for her to go on this ship and i'm not sure what like corral wants her to be tortured and sin just wants her to be welcomed back into the family is it my interpretation that carl might have the corral might have the hots for um <laughs> may have the hots for marco i don't know because she had some crosswords for her later on but we know that naomi has not been eating because she can't how can you eat when your situation is what it is she starts running or walking around the ship and she runs into sin who says look i'm about to do some engineering work do you want to come with me she says oh you think we're just gonna slip back into being best friends like it's old times she points out that she's very angry at him for the fact that he allowed marco to poison not only his heart but phillips and she had counted on him to let the decent side of him save her son and she says she will never forgive him for that decision and then he gets upset and says we had to do what we had to do i think you've forgotten where we've come from they don't they take away our air they take away our water you know and he brings up the part of marco's speech last week that a lot of book readers were talking about that wasn't mentioned in this particular or that particular episode but this is a big thing and it's said in such a small way that I wish it would have been given in the same pattern in which Marco had given his reasons for doing the things that he did I think coming from him would have just played a little bit differently but at least they did say it which is the fact that a lot of the Belters that, are, that want to go to these worlds can't go to these worlds. Their bodies will never adapt to gravity. And then pulling in the fact that Naomi herself knows exactly what that feels like. How that messes with your mental psyche. Especially when you desire it or you just want the choice. Those are powerful things that makes and would make someone like Naomi second not second guess but feel just a little bit more empathy for what is going on and why this kind of happened she just doesn't like who's at the head of it because the thing about naomi and they don't i don't know if they're really gonna heighten it the way it should be heightened because it's not as if she doesn't make it clear she is about the about the struggle of her people she's made that very clear since season one but naomi also has a lot of the same viewpoints as marco and even as sin and how the earthers are treating she is more aligned with there needs to be something done and while she isn't gung-ho fred johnson she at least feels that's the best avenue at the time but she also would have had that feeling in her soul the same thing like it's a, she even told jim it's a whole bunch of earthers you guys and yes we know you're good people i know you're good people but if you're gonna want everyone to get on your side some people have suffered a lot more and have lost a lot more and you're the only person that's gonna uh connect with them is going to be a belter and that's the whole tragedy of the situation this is a very relevant and very scary and unsettling time and then when you have your oppressors not caring like they they make a mention and this is very brief and this is don't beat me because it is a minor book spoiler but they do mention that even on earth the gravity meds that they're making or that the belters need to adapt to the environment they stopped making them so there's a lot of mounting reasons why at this moment at this Persevice why while Margo is absolutely public enemy number one he also has the very real capability of getting the belters assembled and to actually give them some agency in which they created in the belt that is too that's like honey to a bee despite the fact that it (laughs) it definitely has a very fatal existence it is irresistible in its creation and almost inevitable and i really like naomi's comeback like you know yes you're you're making all the right points yet the, the, the people who can go to the planet their children will never be belters again they're we're talking about the in the extinction of our culture and then the rest of us are going to be left to to rot in the void and continue to be the slaves of the people that are going to have even more power over them that they previously did these are very real fears palpable fears that belters are feeling even if they're not acting on those fears but they're also starving so then naomi makes her way to a computer module or something she tries to get access man he even locked her out of the airlock and we know from naomi's story that in season four that she said she almost like went out of an airlock and he made sure she could not even access that man marco is oh man he is definitely a study in psychology for real that's why i kind of keep side eyeing his um his absolute nonchalance that she would be here he seems to have things well in hand for such an unexpected guest even if it is causing him to get a little more frustrated than he probably has been in a really long time. Did I mention that Carl is a, Carrell is a gender bank character that's supposed to be a male, but I really like this actress. I think she's doing the damn thing. It's just so unfortunate she hates Naomi so much. <laughs> Cause Naomi, I love the way she even walks around the ship. Like no one is her friend. She's not welcome there i will say i miss the fact that there isn't more people on the ship but we're starting to get this is a pretty secretive plan and his faction never was that terribly big so i'm okay with that but you see she's not as much as she can walk around and she has the illusion of freedom she really doesn't and i think with more people you would get that sense as everyone's kind of watching her and she can't make a wrong move without someone telling marco what she's doing or marco t- asking people about what she did so that that uh feeling of being trapped i thought was fairly well portrayed uh, even the way she even tries to to go into a room like she has no friends here she is the enyalota what well uh, is what they call uh, someone who's a traitor to the race so she is in a hostile in si- situation and then she is also starving and decides to go into a mess hall that's deserted and warm up some food i'm really surprised that they kept the knives out but marco is a narcissist before she can even get into her noodles which i'm pretty sure she didn't so i'm like oh my god naomi is gonna be in isolation she ain't ate in like three days but that is going to bring me back oh man i'm telling y'all right now that naomi and marco conversation is coming with no audience hell they might even keep philip in the room <laughs> and then he's like holy shit these are my parents because i'm waiting for that moment that philip really does look at both i love naomi i do i love that character but i think the way she explains it is perfect i was even searching for the right words i think she did it 10 times better and she allows uh for the fault that i sometimes blindly don't um acknowledge as openly as i should (laughs) defense squad activated anyone says anything about naomi but i like the way in which she knows like fuck i put myself in this situation it's a fucking terrible situation and she's then confronted by corral who's telling her oh you still you know i was happy that you left you always thought you was better than everybody she was like i wish i was stupider (laughs) the way she even said that line i was dying dominique is killing it in the acting department she definitely has the i'm pissed off i'm indignant but at the same time this is all too like she is, is struggling Cause these are her people these are her family and corral and sin most of all they really didn't do nothing to her but they it's it's a personal betrayal for them and i know that someone did ask like i don't even understand why Sin and Witch call it so mad because she was family family means a great deal to belters and if we ever get a chance to get into their culture a little bit more you would understand that yes this is a personal deep uh, even in death they call each other brothers and sisters even when they're murdering each other so the sense of family is real and they shared a great deal of things together hopefully we'll get more of those conversations of exactly what was their past why it runs so deep and why the hatred and the hateration is running so deep and she says you still mad about that code about the augustine gamora like we'll be refreshing your memory soon like she was dropping a whole bunch of hints too i'm like was everybody just telling naomi what was about to happen <laughs> but she says marco's never gonna forgive you for what or is never gonna let you go for what you did to him
2: you fucking bitch. why you bully me everyone asking and that's
0: the thing we don't know the fallout of what happened after naomi left we know what marco wanted to happen He wanted to break Naomi he wanted to bend her he didn't want her to dip the fuck out and I think her dipping the fuck out left some traumatic scars and I think that's what Corral means when she says he won't let you go for what you did to him because she sees she has seen the fallout she doesn't comprehend all of the things that occurred before like she's probably thinking yeah i was i I don't understand why you wasn't loving on your man after he killed 516 earther people what do you mean that's a victory for us but she was horrified because a he used her code without her knowing to kill said people and that is something that rose them and also separated them forever so she's mad about it and tells her there's only one way you're ever getting off of this ship now was corral pushing naomi to do something reckless because clearly corral is in the department of we need to do something to this bitch because she can't just walk around all uppity because that's how i feel about her clearly she wanted her in isolation the whole time or maybe she wanted her taken out i don't know if she really thought that far ahead but she definitely made it clear that her situation was dire and permanent and that caused naomi to go full assassin's creed and she pocketed that knife and then she went right out like she was on the elevator she (laughs) was so angry (laughs) like i love everything they're doing with her makeup too because she looked like she went a little on the batshit crazy side you know when you really just want to kill your ex like you really want to kill them like you didn't even know you picked up a weapon like oh my god i really wanted to stuff i wanted to put this in your fucking throat now the question is relevant what was naomi's plan here she was not going to not get caught if she did something to marco naomi didn't give a shit at this moment she figured if the only way i'm getting off this ship is in a body bag you best believe i'm taking that motherfucker with me that is what Naomi was thinking she was watching her son and her mind he is still unfortunately lost she's lost him she's still desperate and she is <laughs> out of her mind probably hasn't slept in 48 hours and the person that has created all of the pain and the devastation in her life what's happened to her relationship with her son that man is about two feet away and if i cut off the head of the snake then maybe this stops maybe what he's doing stops give the (laughs) give the inners their justice because it is not just naomi it's a lot of belters that are now targeted just for being a belter it's gonna get ugly out there in them streets and if there's any way to salvage the situation there's not but I don't even think she was thinking about that she was thinking he got to die he got to die today he's got to die now he's going to take me out I'm going to take him out before he takes me out I'm gonna save my son the best way I can and if I got to take three bullets while taking him out so be it, and she went for that shit. And she says, "Marco, I need to speak with you." He said, "Not now." <laughs> she said, "Okay, that's fine. I'ma creep around you." And then Philip. Now there was a lot of debate on did he know what his mother was doing? No, because Philip would have had a reaction. What we know of Philip, he loves his daddy. He may feel the need to love his mother or want to quote unquote save her. I know I skipped that conversation and moved all the way to this but i wanted to circle back to it but i do think that he is trying to keep the distance for right now between his parents i don't know i mean every little boy and it's kind of sweet in a way because every every child wants their parents to be together even if you don't fully understand why they're not together even if they have hatred between them you know we've all we've all known of someone or or been involved in parents with messy divorces like it was love at some point but now it's just this hatred but you're like but you had me and clearly that means there was love there at some point and i think he's thoroughly curious about wanting to know and see for himself exactly who his mother is but also who his father is with his mother but right now just ain't the moment especially since they're about to try to blow up the rossi <laughs> if you saw, if you did pause it was on the screens that's what marco was looking at he had live footage of the rossi and that's what he was trying to keep his mother from seeing which is why he grabbed her to pull her off of deck so it wasn't because he saw the knife it was because he didn't want her to know what they were doing and he takes her on the elevator and he says you need to do what you're told and then she yanks her hand like i know you ain't talking to me like i did not push you out of this pussy onto this earth and that's when he says i'm trying to save or i tried to save your like you should be thanking me i saved your life and then he tosses her off on the elevator and that's when she realized it clicks in her mind exactly what is going on this is where i have to pause because there's just no way in hell that naomi would have gotten back to Tycho's unless he just lured her now they could just go that route okay that makes a little bit more sense because he did have a ship when they when he took care of the alexander kid or they went and took care of uh, that rock he did have a ship there's nothing wrong with his ship so that is a little bit different like i said from the books and i think that he got there and he must have just let himself be seen i don't know how he knew that his mother would have responded like he didn't send a message like how what was the certainty that she would come to palace station that she would follow him there to which he would quote save her life that's the question mark that i'm still mulling over and that's why i'm still having this part of my brain that thinks that marco is still more in nefariously involved and her not being where she was supposed to be because even if he left and took the ship she still wouldn't have made it back to Tycho he still could have left her there but he didn't want to leave her there and I guess that's a good way to circle back to the conversation he has with his father where he says you know i'm a little disappointed in you because he says are you mad at me he says no i'm disappointed and that is so much worse for any child to hear ever and he says you brought your mother here what did you think that you could save her and philip replies i don't know that the guy that died and he watched die on the on that that ship was a friend that he not only knew for 11 years but loved and he says you made the sacrifice because you knew what had to be done you are allowed to feel what you're allowed to feel just don't let it rule you because we're at the precipice of doing a great thing for our people and i need you by my side he's kind of the the right-hand heir if you will to follow in marco's dream he's doing it for the children he's the poster child behind this whole entire campaign he gives it a little human quality in the face of its inhumane inhumane beginning so he needs his son he doesn't want his son to be turned uh in his mother's direction so he wants to continue to play the devil in that relationship and he says you know you can be mad at your mother he's pushing those feelings uh upset of what she did to you but you just can't let that rule you and i think that is a double layered sentence i think marco kind of talks to himself like you have a plan you have things that you're going to do you have things that you have to focus on don't let those emotions start to take over because now naomi is here and you have other ideas because you could see he's trying to lure her back to his side of things despite the fact knowing the fact that they are not on the same page when it comes to what they feel that needs to be done for the future of the bell so Holden's on the rossi bull is going to play pilot now is he going to take over the pilot spot in season six maybe do i care not particularly (laughs) i know whoever comes in is just going to be the pilot for right now bull is a type of person that you have to have around and he's probably a likable guy but you know that there's a lot of problematic things with his mental psyche and how he reacts to things (laughs) he's certainly a little bit racist and can do better but he's not a horrible person and he points out that he used to fly with the marines and that he will be piloting the rossi now they did do and i know if you don't watch with subtitles you may have missed it but they did a system check there's also something else of note that many may have forgotten Uh, i am talking about the roast of how come holden didn't do that is the fact that uh, under the rossi only the rossi crew can access certain things naomi's code and the reason why it worked so well in her developing in it it's an anomaly it's not something that would be ever detected, even if the full system check being done if Holden had actually made a dialogue of we checked all the systems we still would not have seen they would still would not have seen what sakai did because sakai uploaded a code of naomi's and naomi's code is undetectable which is why it was a brilliant idea god only knows how many more ships that marco blew up using the code but you definitely start to know the man just a little bit better when you see that this is what he wanted to blow up his lover and her new boyfriend there's some poetic justice there (laughs) like you destroyed me like this code destroyed us and i will use it to destroy you man i just really wish i could do the math that would say that naomi really would have been on that ship or on Tycho station But we will not uh, think about that anymore since I have ruminated on it long enough. They did have the trajectory of the Zamiya, and they were like, yeah, we're going to go get them motherfuckers. And I was like, oh, look at Hoden using a whole bunch. of..." (laughs) And then the bull definitely is on his side. He's like, fuck yeah. (laughs) I laughed because that was very Earther dialogue. And after hearing so much of the Belter Creole, hearing two Earthers speak and it's just just like you would feel two people from earth would speak i don't know it, it, just that i don't know why it, it just really made me tickle with laughter but then naomi is talking to Sin. she cozies up to him and they pick up just like they were not just arguing two seconds ago which also says a lot And she offers to help him and she says that i don't know philip and he's like uh you know he's trying to play diplomat philip didn't mean it when he said you couldn't have his ship he wasn't trying to hurt you oh you know i know that but at the same time he's trying to be loyal to his father and he's they're acting like this is a conversation but she eventually asks and grabs a wrench and says did marco put the august Gamora code and the Rossi and then when he sighs that's all she needs is affirmation Clocks him with the wrench grabs his uh, terminal and is able to send a frantic message I will say the timing could have been better and what I mean by that is it didn't need to necessarily coincide with the exact moment that Holden is starting up the Rossi and getting to where the reactor would be started like it would have been nice if she sent this message and we didn't get to see it and she was tossed in the thing and then maybe 10 minutes went by like we checked in another scene and Holden would find it I I just it was way too coincidental I didn't I wasn't horribly bothered by it but it was something that I was like oh okay (laughs) just it kind of in the nick of time it takes a little bit of the realism out of it and feels constructed but very small nitpick but he shuts down the rossi and i felt really terrible once again for jim because first his immediate need is holy shit there's something wrong with the ship and then the second is did my wife just say she's kidnapped by her ex also she's like in the lion den of political massacring right now and uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of people that are going to have sympathy or empathy for belters and there's not a lot of people that are going to be able to go after marco and now the rossi is not operational and it's going to take a time they already were waiting for certain repairs now they have to make sure this thing is clean and find that necessary code i will say this scene was handled a lot better in the books and i kind of preferred it the reaction is the same jim is beside himself on the inside because he just went from kind of still in control to absolutely neutered by his mortal enemy and then we finish the episode i believe oh no 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 because we still got to move back to peaches and before i get to the end because i kind of skipped back that i was going to go back and forth but let's jump back in with escape i will say it moved rather quickly and i appreciate it because i didn't need to spend a whole bunch of time there but i also kind of missed some of the tension and the menace especially with konachek he felt very vanilla villain to me and i wasn't expecting that but he the first time we got that he was not a good guy is when after what was his name jesus ellis maybe after his gun is just about empty he oh sully that was his name he finds himself uh propelled off the ladder and dead splat on the ground with absolutely no remorse from tiny who says that he was he was complaining about his leg it must have gave out and then they say come back down here they says no you come up here i'm almost at the top so it's clear that he murdered the man everyone on the ground knows that he murdered the man but i will say there was absolutely no build up to this character acting the way in which he did and at the end i really was kind of that's where some of the points kind of came off on the episode there are a few others but this is my biggest grape they do go up in pairs this time and then i thought it was very well with the elevator shaft scene like that was really well constructed with the tension and they have to make small you have melba aka peaches oh that's what i wanted to explain how did peaches come into he named her peaches because of the pie now i never eat this pie so if i had not read the books i would not have known that but yes that's where the name peaches come it's like a melba pie and it's made with peaches so that's why he calls her peaches (laughs) and not clarissa since she named herself melba hopefully that mystery is solved for anyone who is wondering but she's like there's a whole building up there how can you possibly see the sky they end up getting topside and another part where tiny was just laughing and it went on for about 40 seconds longer than it needed to go and then everyone's looking around at the devastation very great set piece and then you hear some crunching and he's just choking out the guard and there was nothing that also led up like what i understand he wants to escape but there was really no clear indication that he wanted and and would anyone have thought to stop him in the same like i felt like there could have been any bit of no i'm not gonna let there wasn't even a back and forth he just went straight for it and i thought i just i don't know for me personally i would have liked a little bit more content there but he ends up killing the black guard and when he kills him he like goes up to rona and grabs her gun and tosses it and then you have amos stepping in and there was like a pause there that was a little too long for me because he clearly could have leapt at her and he was waiting for amos to come into the scene but nitpicky i know and then amos is no match for this guy and melba or peaches is unable to like she activates her mods but she's still too doped up to do anything about it which is why she's kind of jerking a little bit later and they said it wouldn't be pretty like you don't see it unfortunately (laughs) but if you're a book reader you can hear everything that is happening in that scene about you know how fucked up she (laughs) did mess herself up trying to activate that mod to save amos and it it turns out that and i'm glad it was that it's it's a a consistent theme of women saving men's lives and rona is able to get the guy's gun and use it with his hand against him shoots him twice and then what every male in the world was having uh just an absolute woody about was (laughs) the superplex that he did very much out of the books, kicking him in the balls and everything. Like I kicked him in the balls so hard he was never gonna have his again. I mean he fucked he ruined his uh his dick before tossing him. The screen was epic, the hit was epic. I'm sh- it was a great scene. Do not get me wrong. Wonderful scene. However, <laughs> I'm not that goo goo or gaga for wrestling moves and then rona tries to be like oh i should do my job but i also was supposed to pick up my kid this weekend and amos is like stop it clearly something has went terribly wrong fuck your job i i got it from here she's not a threat to anyone and i did try to save your life and she eventually just says yeah you know what you're right (laughs) and walks off to do what she has to do melba's laughing as well because she never thought she'd feel the wind again and then she says well now what and he says yeah i don't know but we should get out of here and that's where we leave those two characters can't wait as they discover more the full extent of exactly what has happened you know what i want to know if we're going to get a reactionary scene of amos being told that naomi was kidnapped i feel robbed of a bromance (laughs) moment in season four that i did not get of amos reacting to naomi in danger and i hope i get at least something this season to make up for that because i do miss the fact that these two are very close friends and not so much as a dog but an actual friendship and i want to see more of that shown in the show i know why it needs to take its breather do not get me wrong but i do love that these are very abused people and they would understand each other on a level that other people just won't i also don't believe that alex or amos knows that aim that um naomi has a kid there's been no mention of it and i think she told jim and that's all she told so i would like to get that reaction as well like what the fuck and her skin is by who the fuck and she's where the hell (laughs) i just want all that family um assimilation around our boo being in trouble did i miss anything yes i did the ending scene which with naomi she gets tossed in an isolation room in case you missed it on the that's why she was yelling and then you couldn't hear her so now she is fully left alone and i know there was complaint in my heart of well fuck well how is she gonna get (laughs) like it was a little bit more slower played out where we would see more interactions with people like how is the next interaction gonna be with marco or well yeah i could see the one for marco but with philip and with sin and corral like i wanted to see a little bit more and now that she's in isolation after what she's done and shown herself to be a danger i don't feel as if we're going to get any more of that those moments and that would be unfortunate i would like one conversation with philip and naomi in which she starts to explain her side of the story or where she came from or the events of what happened and even if they want to have a whole three-way family scene of that i just need it to happen so bad and they're they're playing with me we have five episodes left though so plenty of time but i just don't i can't foresee and after this trust me i'm going into the reddit book spoilers (laughs) to see if anyone else has any ideas on how they could play out now that it has a lot of things have sped up in different ways that they didn't and uh i'm curious on how things will manifest but i love how she had that look of anger like what happened and then she goes back to being desperate and pleading like no what happened i have the right to know no girl you don't have the right to know (laughs) not at all you are a prisoner on this ship despite them telling you otherwise and i wonder who's gonna find the knife i think that philip might find that knife and he might have some some choice words or even sin might find the knife i think it makes a lot more sense if sin does knowing what she tried to do and maybe that will prompt another conversation i don't know i have a prediction but i'm gonna save that for spoilers i think i have exhausted after almost two hours (laughs) every plot point in this episode i already knew i was gonna talk my ass off about the expanse and i don't give a fuck i will fangirl about this for hours on end, but it is time for us to jump into the feedback.
1: Hey Christina, it's me Shy. I am here to give my final feedback for 2020 yeah and it would happen to be one of my favorite shows um the expanse. so going out with a bang, I am so ready to put twenty twenty in my rear view mirror because this has been in my years on this earth, this has been the worst year <laughs> I've ever experienced. Oh my gosh, I mean i I yeah, so. I don't know what 2021 has to offer, but it has to be a hell of a lot better than what we've experienced this year. So am looking forward to whatever that is. Um, and, um, yeah, lots of, uh, things that personally I want to, or I am looking forward to. Um, so I don't know, but we shall see. As for the show, um, I did not write any notes because it is hard for me to watch the show and write notes because I am just zero honed in, focused, tunnel vision on watching the show that I um, I don't even have time to write notes. Um, so I watched it two days ago, so I'm sure I'm going to forget some things. I'm sure I'm going to ramble a little bit, but hey, it is what it is. And I must confess, I did have a drink and I am a bit of a lightweight. So forgive me for any English that is, I don't know, uh, that doesn't go well. But I'm sure I don't have to tell you that, Christina. I'm sure you understand that completely. So if I butcher that, there it goes. If I butcher the English language during this uh, feedback, uh, just remember um, that I might have um, engaged in a little bit of pre-celebratory New Year celebration. Anyways, um as for the expanse, I really 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 enjoyed this episode. Um, of course I there hasn't been one that I haven't enjoyed. And of course they leave us on a bit of a cliffhanger again, which I'm loving and hating at the same time. I'm loving it and be you know, and of course because it's got me excited. It's everything's happening, but I hate it because now I got to wait a week to find out what happens next. So Yes, but I mean, it's again, genius, genius way of doing it. I think it's smart um, doing it this way, especially with the way they leave us hanging every time, and we're like jumping at the bits to get back to um, the next episode. So I'll be watching social media, trying to see when they say that that mug is streaming, because I'll be all on it. Um, anyways, I will just go by characters since, um, like I said, in writing notes, so. I- i'm like mimi that's probably the best way for me to remember anything that happened um or any specific stuff that happened i should say dang they already got the fireworks started it's like um seven o'clock um on new year's eve so oh then again it is dark so why not um amos well we go back to amos uh being in there with peaches in the cell they're stuck um they get help from the uh correction officer um to get out and uh they figure out that all is not right and i had i just knew that that dude kind Con- of check or as amos calls him um tiny i just knew that he was gonna come back into the fray Dang think it had to pause um anyway i'm back so yes, Amos Tiny. Um, yeah, I knew that dude was gonna come back to play a role, and sure enough, um, he he actually cracked me up in the way he talked, because it was like he <laughs> he just had this weird way of talking. Like you know, he's just like he was just talking about the weather. It's like, hey, how's it going? When they um opened up his cell, I'm like, uh, this dude is not right in the head. I I, I knew that from well. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's an inmate, so he did something crazy. But, yeah, just the way he was just talking like they were all buddy buddies. Yet, I'm sure he was plotting murder in the the back of his mind. Which we got to see with that one correction officer. I don't even know why they trusted that dude. I'm like, uh, yeah. So, you trust him to go up there, that elevator shaft, with the other guy just the two of them okay so alrighty. if you if you say so excuse me hiccups if you say so so um did i mention i had a drink anyway um uh, <laughs> so yeah i thought that was weird um very interested in what happens next um i was kind of disappointed in the in that i mean that was like a quick fight scene between him and amos i'm like okay that's it <laughs> he gets shot and then amos does a what's it call it a surplex some type of wrestling move to um i used to watch wrestling with my with the boys but i don't remember what that's called super flex super whatever some power move that got um that threw the dude down the <laughs> down the hole um so i'm like okay that's that's that on that so I'm not sure exactly where they are, and you know, in in respects to the rest of the world. So I'm not sure how long it's gonna. I know the correction officer was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go see my son." Like, uh, how are you gonna get there? Like, what what's left? I, I don't know. So I'm not very sure on how things are, and we still don't have. We didn't see Christian in this one. So there's no word on if you know if her husband's okay if her family's okay so i'm sure we'll get her in the next episode then we got naomi marcos and Philippe or philip sorry Philippe. it's not freaking french um um so philip so i don't know is it me or does it seem like he's wavering a little bit that he really is um and maybe marcos suspects that too that He really does want a relationship with Naomi I mean he's acting angry and trying to be all hard and I think that's more to do with his upbringing than anything else because something tells me that Marcos wasn't the most nurturing of fathers that he raised um, Philip a certain way um, that Philip had a hard upbringing um, that yeah he was raised raised him to be a soldier raised him to be you know his his uh right hand man and so not a lot of time for love and nurturing in that aspect and so i think that's probably a big part of why of philip's um frustration and anger towards naomi because she left him with this dude because he's he's a he's a he's an asshole i mean even to philip um and so i think philip tries hard to please his father and feels like he always comes up short and then of course you can see that in this episode when he's chastising him or um making him feel a certain way about his wanting to bring his mom along um and then of course you you know philip ends up inadvertently maybe i would say inadvertently um letting Naomi know about the Rossi and the fact that um, yeah, they had to talk about how he saved her life so the plan was um, for them to be killed on the Rossi so then of course that got her the ball rolling in that area she figured out what the hell they had going on and she thankfully got to Holden in time now speaking of Holden um him and bull are questioning sakaya that's how i'm gonna say her name and um i you know i was I felt she was just a little bit too cocky to like whatever um uh, when she was talking to them um and when they talked about going wherever they i forget where they said they were going um and uh she was like oh see you when you get back and so i'm like mm, there's something not right of course i couldn't figure it out so i'm wondering how like is she she reports directly to um marcos or there's just a long line of people i don't know i'm not sure how their hierarchy goes and where she falls in that but she's definitely um loyal to the cause that's for sure so yeah i was um it made sense when naomi put it all together and we realized that or we find out that um, they planted the code, granite, granite code, whatever, some code that causes the reactor to combust and blow up. Um, so that was interesting. I was so happy to, um, that Holden finally found out what's going on with Naomi that you could just see the look on his face, like all this, you know, taking it all in at once. know her mom was dying and then finding out that Naomi is captured by Mirko so yes these next few episodes in that aspect is going to be very interesting I'm very I'm very much looking forward to it and um yeah so then we got Alex and Bobby who were continuing to um, pursue that um that ship that Babbage was on and which led them to some meetup of course they got um they got caught um i can't even think of the word so, yeah so yeah language is the first thing that goes as i'm sure again you know about that christina oh uh, because yeah i'm struggling with the english language right now um so they got caught up and they were chasing them and they were trying to evade them and barely was able to do so they had to you know let go of some fuel or something um but anyway which caused them to catapult out of control into the space so that'll be and that's how we left on that cliffhanger with that happening so um wondering what's going on in that regards um so obviously the the martians we already knew the Martians and the belters were working together um in that capacity but yeah i'm very interested to learn more about that and then we have drummer i figured that she would get back into the fray um so she accepted um marco's invitation so i'm thinking she's gonna play a role in rescuing naomi um but yeah she's in her feelings you know first it was um ashford and then fred so she's definitely um not gonna sit this one out And so my question is, because it seemed like her crew, they weren't all on one accord um, in regards to the plan. So I'm wondering how that's going to work out, Um, if they're going to end up, if they're going to continue to be loyal to her, because they seem to be a little bit on the side of Marcos and the idea of Belters having their independence and, you know, the Inners, Earthers um, not being in their business anymore. So... I'm sure that's very um, intriguing to a lot of belters. So, very interested in how that's going to pan out. Uh, if you hear the dinging, that's my security system. And keep going in and out of the door. Anyway, I think I'm gonna leave it at that. I mean, I can go on and on and on, but um, yes, your podcast would be a million years long. So, I don't want to do that. But very excited. Very, I love love this episode. I'm just so excited. This is my favorite season so far. So season five is bringing it. So yeah, I definitely got to get those books and start reading. Um, so that's my goal is to start reading um, The Expanse. And especially when I hear you talking so excitedly about them. it really And I enjoyed the churn. So um, just got to get my little booty um well i should say i should order them and sit my booty down so i can watch them let I me mean, watch them read them oh my gosh my english anyways um that's what i'm a. Uh, i'm gonna just leave it at that before i say something else crazy um i hope everyone have a happy happy new year look forward to 2021 look forward to bigger and better things um yeah so until next time, much love, peace and black girl magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. That is Queen Shy
0: with her thoughts on the episode. My girl is getting it in. Bitch, I'm trying to get drunk. 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 She said, "Forgive me if my English doesn't go well." I freaking laugh so hard. I'm like, "Yo, English doesn't go well." <laughs> everybody putting a um i'll be multitasking and i'm looking on instagram right now because i got a an alert that scott evans has decided to prank his brother once again that is so adorable that they do that i do other things to my (laughs) siblings um so yeah uh back to your feedback yeah you pretty much we had the same feelings um marco is a son of a bitch he definitely is that i think that there there's definitely a lot in philip i think he's stuck man he's stuck between the woman he doesn't know that's his mother he's stuck between you know wanting to know what's the truth what's the lie because you you always want to know for yourself marco can tell him every story in the book he's still gonna want to know and i think that that motion marco understands and feels and he doesn't want that to conflict with what marco's doing because that means that naomi gets influence over him so it's not so much that he doesn't want the mother and son to know each other he doesn't if they were all on the same page this would be ideal for him ideal but they're not on the same page and he really doesn't want to lose uh, uh like i said that's his heir that's his um the prince in the kingdom if he's the king and the prince clearly has a role to play if it wasn't for the prince his his uh plan could have possibly been destroyed and we see that it was marco who he trusted who he has been trusting to carry out very important parts of the success that both of them have accomplished. A lot of that's been on little Filipitos. Uh head. I know you said he's not Italian or whatever you said. Filipito. But I call him Filipito all the time because that's what they call him in the book. Filipito. Um what else? Can he be saved? I'm not sure. A lot of people feel after you kill 2 million people, do you deserve to be saved? Someone else said all you deserve is a cruel death guys this boy is 16 <laughs> he may look like a grown-ass man but he's he's a child and that's the sadness of it all it's he's a child if this was an earth boy we would i mean i just love how the show in itself in its existence brings out a lot of the things in the show they showcased as the flaw in humanity and seeing people immediately react it's just great like oh his his he could just die a courageous death he could also just serve a sentence for his crime (laughs) that's not an option no but he also was someone who grew up under uh one he grew up thinking his mother abandoned him he's heard the stories he thinks his mother wanted to kill herself instead of uh, be a mother to him and then abandon him uh, has went out and he looks at her on the news and she's just this famous celebrity who's done otherworldly things she's like one of the most famous you know reputation means a lot in the belt so there's that fascination of like oh my god look how wonderful this person is and yet why couldn't they stay and love me that's a wound man and then you have your father playing on that room i mean he. Uh, there's a lot of guilt between marco there's a lot of fault i should say between marco and naomi i know we know that naomi didn't have a choice but it also was a choice if you know what i mean <laughs> it still has the same amount of fallout no matter what the circumstances were and both decisions she made was gonna have was gonna create um a mess for her and that's why she resents marco so much but it was because of this dream and i think that she knows things that we don't yet know like what made marco is he it's easy to say he's just the the righteous arm for the cause but what made that arm what went into that hatred why does she go up to him and says you always wanted to make your enemies burn and he acknowledges that's true however i've grown wiser than that now i'm trying to do it for something greater and i think that's the lie he tells himself but what precipitated that type of hatred i think she knows what that story is and that makes it even more richer because you know where the other party is coming from on some base level even if you don't alike alike like or support what they're doing and i think that's a very dangerous situation that naomi is going to have to confront at some point and it's going to come at head with this with the son and then yeah i mean philip is, is they do a really great job of portraying and the actors doing a great job of showing that he's being pulled in every direction and none of the directions unfortunately give him the solace or is going to give him the peace because in choosing one he has to he has to basically decide between his parents who in their own ways do love him (laughs) that is just the the truth of the matter what do you do when you're in that situation and you're going to cause psychological problems with him and both parents in some ways gotta know that they are to blame for that so yeah very interested to see what happens with his character the rest of this episode now last but not least someone who is feeling better and i am so happy that they are and losing a whole bunch of weight i see you girl you coming into the 2021 oh yes we all coming to 2021 doing things man i'm getting on my nude beach this year motherfuckers i don't care if i have to be tossed on that plane <laughs> i'm going to my well i can't really get rid of that reservation anyway but november i'm going on my new beach and in april i am going to colorado to turn up for a week i am planning things this year to do something that will put 2020 far in the rearview mirror. You mentioned this is the one of the worst years that you've. I agree, absolutely, and a hundred percent agree. The worst years, and I think that millennial time, that millennium spectrum. We we ain't had to deal with much. We had the 80s, and that really was the good years. <laughs> then we had the crack years of the 90s, but if you didn't live in a crack neighborhood really didn't feel it as much and then you had the 2000s and the sex symbols but then we got a whole bunch of things called the internet and flip phones and a whole bunch of other gadgets that made our minds go eh, it's the world but we can find our little place in it and other people that join us and then 2020 happened and we said so yes we're definitely due some fucking peace of mind so without further ado queen mimi
2: what up christina it's mimi i'm gonna get my feedback for the expanse um this is episode five i believe of season five i watched it early this morning so i'm just gonna go character by character because i feel like that's gonna be the best way for me to remember um, I am in my car, I'm driving, so forgive the sounds. It's cold as hell in Illinois, so you're gonna hear a lot of wind, apologies. But I do wanna get this sent out uh, before I forget. Um, and then you'll be in my inbox dragging me. So I'm just gonna get this uh, feedback out. I'm gonna do the best I can at remembering. I didn't write notes um I'm trying to watch shows differently now so that I can like I guess I can have a better understanding because this is one of the shows that I kind of feel like I'm not smart enough to watch because I don't watch shows the same way you do so I don't always see things the same way so I'm going to do the best I can um so first, uh, first and foremost, I want to talk about Marco because um, I can't help but see the similarities between belters and people of color, particularly black people. Um, because because I'm black, that's the only kind of representation I can actually understand. So, um, not saying that any other minority wasn't mistreated in uh, in the history of this world, um, particularly you know like Native Americans, uh, Puerto Ricans, like you know a lot, white people have conquered a lot of us, and you know you know we all have issues that stem from it but i'm speaking specifically about black folk because honestly those are the only people that i i know because i am black so um when he was you know talking about when we, we go back to his speech about you know being oppressed and whatnot you know i felt it because like i get that and i understand every revolution that Spark change was violent. That's just humans. Like we're a violent species. Uh we fight. People die. You know, it's not right, but it's what happens. So I get I get it. Like I really do. And I'm trying to not drink the Kool-Aid, but the more you tell us about the way belters are treated, the more I understand, like. It was bound to happen. I'm not saying that what Marcos did was right, because you know, to me, him killing millions to billions of people to prove a point, those people, yes, some of them may, may have their own opinion of elders that aren't the greatest, but you know, the the centuries of mistreatment wasn't directly done by them, you know. Um, but like I. It's, I'm trying to not, you know, think about it in the aspects of, like, a revolution. And Marco's trying to, to, to have change. Like, I'm trying to see it, you know, as for what it is. He, he killed people. And, you know, I can understand where Naomi is coming from. Like, she wasn't about that. But I can also, I'm trying to understand that, you know, in order to have change, shit like this has to happen. So I have two minds as I'm watching this and I'm trying to like resolve it and understand it and trying not to like root for Marco (laughs) because oppression sucks and it it sucks like when sin was talking about um, them not them not having water or having their oxygen threatened to be turned off like it's stuff like that that makes you understand like why they feel like this is their only option um speaking of sin I really felt like it was unfair of Naomi to get mad at him for not raising her son with Marco to be more like him I I guess I can get what she was hoping but for her to be mad at him about it I felt like that was unfair you know you're you're trying to blame him for something that's not his fault that's not his son and no matter how much influence he wants to have on him that's not his child marco is gonna have the most influence because that's his dad and another thing that really i need to bring up because you brought this up in your last feedback i do hold smart people to high standards and i'm starting to see that i shouldn't because smart people usually ain't got no damn common sense because Naomi is not learning her lesson. That's why she bothers me so much um, with her not wanting to take help. Because she learned... Like, the last time she went off um, without them, I felt like she should have learned a lesson. You know? I get... Amos isn't around. Alex is gone. She didn't want Holden to come. But she didn't... She went by herself. And for her to understand how Marcos is, Marco is and to not... At any point, think that maybe he had poisoned their son against her. I just, I cannot be. I'm like that. That in my mind cannot be something she couldn't have possibly thought of. When she said that, you know, the the man he is now, you know, she is trying to reconcile that with the little boy she knew who could barely walk. That means he was like, what, one? Most barely walking toddlers are one, maybe 18 months old. He was a straight ass baby. Like he was a, not even a toddler yet. He was an infant, 18 months old are still considered infants. So he was not even capable of remembering her. So I didn't realize he was that young when she left. I thought maybe he was like, you know four five maybe even six to where he would have some good memories of his mom but she left him so young he don't remember nothing about her he can't if she if he could barely walk he was not even capable of making memories any kind of image he has of her would literally be what his dad told him and for her to not understand you know that he wouldn't like the fact that you left him so why would he tell you your son good things about you? And that's the, the part I'm not comprehended in my mind. Why it bothers me so much that she couldn't be like the that she didn't want to take somebody with her. Like I get what you're saying. I understand. But I still think that The only explanation is she was literally delusional about what would happen. And I I could see that actually being it because we all have these scenarios in our mind about, you know, past relationships or, you know, if you ever saw that that one guy that you let get away, you know how it would go. But in reality, it never goes the way you see it. It, that's just life like nothing ever happens the way you want it to and I think that that's the bottom line of what happened in her mind she probably fa- fantasized that maybe he would remember her or he had been longing to see her and he would forgive her but that's not what happened and now she's paying the consequences and what leads me to believe that my scenario is more realistic and granted you did read the book so you probably have more insight on this but i'm just going from what i see what did she do the first chance she got when she hit sin in the face and took his little calm thing she called hold it and if she had only told him about the rossi I would be like, okay, she was just trying to save him. But she made sure she said, he holding me hostage. So what did she think he was gonna do when Holden found that out? He's gonna come looking for her. Now, granted, there was no location on it, but you think that's gonna stop Holden from trying to figure out where she at? Absolutely not. So that that lets me know that when shit got rough, she knew that he would come for her. That's the way I took that scene. Yes, the Rossi was gonna explode. She did what she needed to do to save him. And then she's like, motherfucker, come save me, please. I'm going to need you to do that because this this fool will not let me go. So I just, I'm trying to not like hold that against her because I'm trying to, to understand it from a point of view of a mom. And I really think that she just fantasized their reunion in her mind so much that the realistic outcome just wasn't even a possibility to her. Um, and that was probably her first mistake. Um, uh, what else? Um, I want to talk about. Um, oh, um, Amos! First of all, ugh, can I t- can I tell y'all? I love me some thick men. Like, ugh, when I say I love it, I love it. And Amos, his body is everything. I know I talk about how fine Wayne is, but I like. Gwayne is like slim. If I could like, if I could manifest my type physically, Amos would be it because he is so thick. He has that beard, his haircut, everything about him just fine. And I'm just telling you like the whole time I'm looking at him like, man, this man fine as hell. But then like, like the fact that he was so like, he's his mind was always thinking like, I was really here for that. Hey, sorry, this is a continuation of my last recording. I had to stop recording for in a second. And then I couldn't connect the other two and I couldn't figure out how to do it. So what I was saying was, I just, you know, seeing Amos thinking about a way to get out was very sexy. And it made me realize that Amos is more intelligent than I gave him a credit for initially. I always look at him as he's just a big brute, but he's actually very... Very clever you know and it just showed because you know i don't know that those guards would have been able to get out without him because it was his idea um also seriously like i understand that they were you know i guess maybe reeling over the fact that the whole top building was gone um but they you know for those security guards to put their guard down with that monstrous of a man Yes, yes, he helped them get out, but he's still a criminal, and we don't know what he did, but he had to have done something pretty awful for him to be in jail, and the fact that he has those um, enhancements, and he's clearly the strongest person there, they should have never put their guard down, so the fact that he, you know, made it so that they, you know, lost another guard, and now I'm thinking he probably pushed that one guard down, like, <laughs> he was probably plotting and scheming this whole time, so... I just really couldn't understand why those guards put the security or were was lax when it came to that man they should have known better um and i love how <laughs> amos was fighting him like he seemed to know like he had to have realized that he the dude wasn't um gonna go down easily but he was trying and he was punching and he was fighting and even when he was getting choked the hell out he was still doing like trying to get this man under control and the one secure uh officer who used the other dude's gun to to shoot him that was pretty boss um and now i'm curious to see what's going to happen with him and peaches (laughs) and i'm going to call her peaches because that's the cutest nickname ever i love amos so much um the other thing i want to talk about really quick is um alex and uh bobby because um i'm not quite understanding what was happening like was he going i i know i hear them talk about epstein drive all the time so i don't know if if that's what was happening like they were doing like just going really fast in space i'm not sure what exactly happened but it ended and before they actually he did whatever that last thing is he had to do they looked pretty uncomfortable so i'm assuming whatever that last thing was was going to be big major issue i'm gonna end it here because i don't know if the the you're gonna be able to connect these two recordings um and it, it was already over 10 minutes um so um i can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about this episode i loved it there was some moments that i you know weren't my favorite i gotta be honest like I don't know if it's maybe from what i heard about the actual actor that plays alex but i'm not very interested in seeing him anymore maybe like subconsciously i don't want to get invested because i know he's not going to be in any way a part of next season and even if he is it's not gonna be the same actor and that could kind of change the you know the chemistry between the actors so it might make things a little different i'm not really 100 percent sure but him and bobby's story i really are probably my least favorite i love bobby as a character and i like her and alex's friendship but i'm more interested in what's happening with um naomi and marco and Philip, and more interested to see what the hell Holden's about to do, knowing that he almost lost to Rossi. And if it wasn't for Naomi's impeccable timing, <laughs> those fools would have all been dead. So now I need to see what's happening with that. So, still. A good storyline it's going to be interesting to see what happens with bobby and the other martians and you know you know seeing where where how marco is getting this stuff because they're kind of connected and kind of not but like i said they're that's not my most interesting and entertaining focus but um i did like this episode and i i think them doing weekly is making my anticipation for it be building up so i think not binging it it's turning out to be a better move just because it gets me excited with things to come especially because you know we're still waiting on the flash to come back so it's nice to to have a show that you want to see each week and it's nice to feel that way um to have that going again because like that's really the only show i have really any interest in seeing weekly immediately as soon as it drops so i'm I'm glad they did it like this it's it's it builds up the anticipation um it just hit different if you know what i'm saying anyway so until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch mimi out that was queen mimi with
0: some really good points on the episode uh, yeah, the thing with Cass Anvar has completely ruined the character of Alex, and I don't even pretend that I don't want to really particularly invest in what's going on. It's really rather unfortunate that Bobby has to be tied up in this storyline before we knew. And I think it'll pick up fairly soon. But as far as what was going on, they had watched the exchange go down between um, Babbage and she was dropping off two of the freighters now what the question is what the hell are they exchanging this for is it just for money um what is their gain in this and then i think another important thing to note is no one knows where marco naros is he's been in hiding for a really long time and so much to the point where you cannot pinpoint his location even if you, you were to use your comms where he's at so i'm thinking and this is just actually no book spoilers whatsoever that this is the place where marco is where his navy is being holed up because he hasn't really shown how much might he has he says one of a few like I think he's waiting for that big ass reveal because he's waiting for the faction that says I'm not down with this shit and he wants to sh- uh, pull out his big dick and put it on the table so I think he's waiting for that moment to unveil just how large his navy is and I think that's going to be a another bit of a surprise they're layering it out with him and I really like that I think what Bobby and Alex stumbled upon was his secret base Um, but they don't quite know that information yet and then they are spotted by the martians or the belters actually i think it was the belters because the martians drove away and the belters spotted them and then they sent a missile in their direction and then they had to outrun it except there's no guns on the razorback aka the screaming firehawks and thus, the only thing they tried to do was outrun it, except they were going to kill themselves if they kept going at that full G speed. So, Alex had to dump the core in an effort that the missile, well, it would, the missile would be absorbed. But more importantly, the people who fired the missile would think that they were successful in getting their target as they kind of drift off into space otherwise they're sitting ducks i'm gonna guess that they make it away from the situation um i like that you brought up the fact that there's some black correlation i think there's definitely some correlation and it's why even the character who plays or the the actor keon who plays marco is like oh he's a villain he's like what's that word he's a villain to someone he's a villain to what your idealism of a villain is now most of us are not down with general uh (laughs) genocide most of us are like okay that's a step too far however what we can relate to on some level and when you're stepped back from that you know there's the people in power and then there's the people on the ground and that's in both situations the belt is now at a position in which they can achieve power i think that is the difference between and i like what you brought in about history because that's very true unfortunately you needed a nuclear warhead in the fucking 1960s if you were going to tell the other person china or russia to back the fuck off without that then one and i mean us in that whole situation as well would have ran roughshod over the other no questions asked and it would have been all done under the banner of nationalism now we kind of do it under the banner of peacemaking but that's a whole debate for another time keep in mind that fred johnson himself had to keep the protomolecule the biggest weapon in the universe thus far to just get them to allow them to have a a uh, medina station where it's located otherwise that that whole belter livelihood the only chance many of have of a successful livelihood in the future would not be there and he needed a weapon to do that so that speaks all the volumes about what marco norris is saying that's what makes him so good it's because he's not telling any lies he's not saying things that aren't absolutely a hundred percent true and the that's what the reckoning of the inners is going to have to deal with of holy shit <laughs> this might be the time in history where history is remade and those times come and they have come uh, over and over again I'm sure everyone in at the height of the Britain Empire were looking at the dud dud mud busters up in America going, you know, these backwater motherfuckers, what do they think they're gonna do? Now we jump forward to 2020 and they're the number one out of a whole bunch of empires that have lasted longer. So it, it's um a twist of fate what the oppressed can accomplish and it is always done in an act of actual warfare and that warfare the first strike of it is going to be with innocent lives being taken um he did it in a manner i think that many aren't celebrating even if people align afterwards that's the big culture adaptation that the belt is going to have to deal with at this point but i like everything you were saying about you know the black correlation and the experience particularly in this country if you live in america and you're a black person that is the number one it's in the it's not the filipinos it's not the the, every other race that has such a a tie to the soil I mean it was built off the back of black people for free labor (laughs) there's no getting around the the more visceral tale if you're living in america unfortunately so i think that it is you shouldn't feel bad or you know have to justify um speaking from what your experience is and yeah it's like no one wants to see people assassinated but if a motherfucker were to catch a bullet in 2020 and you know what motherfucker i'm talking about there would have been dances in the street that's the kind of thing that you <laughs> they was referencing that there yeah there are people who might be feeling that kind of way even if yes murder is wrong even if say you blew up the white house and a whole bunch of people that didn't deserve to die died you know what i mean um you bringing up sin i think the lack of backstory definitely uh plays a factor and why you may have felt in particular about that episode like why would she put it on sin i think it's clear sin is rather a fatherly figure to her someone that probably was a, a a fatherly influence like naomi never talks about her parents there's a reason why never naomi talks doesn't talk about her parents when you're in the belt you don't get to live very long you don't get to even really live to sin's age and so i think that she just expected the fact that he had an influence on her a positive influence on her that he in turn would out of respect and knowing her continue that same manner in the interaction with her son and yet He seemed to have not only sided with Marco, but enabled her son to, without her presence being there, he didn't even try to, um, give him the perspective or present the perspective of Naomi. He rather, he sticks up for her when, you know, Marco's playing his games, but he allows the game to happen. So I think that, that anger is rather due, but I, I kind of know what you mean, like without the the full detail of the backstory it's kind of how do you know how close this relationship was how do you why would she pick out sin in particular and not even corral or anyone else but i think even meeting them the first time you can see that despite the distance despite the well wala behavior he has a great deal of love for her and the only thing he wants is his knuckles back um what you said about the burst of reality I think that you hit that spot on um I think I was mentioning it a little bit in the podcast earlier uh reading that interview from Dominic Tipper usually I don't try to find anything spoilery but this one was clearly um they do these interviews afterwards so now I love that I can find unspoilery material where it just gives you a little bit of background and I do actually want to read a few excerpts from the interviews that her and Keon have been doing and I despite a lot of people really just been interested in the Christian side of things and the Amos side of things this is what I was saying earlier the the stars of this story right now is definitely the Inaros family drama um and a lot of the interviews are focusing on that even though Amos has got one out there too as well um but to quote from dom she says from naomi's point of view she has a radical radicalized son i think she's naive in the way that she goes into it and thinking that it's just going to be fine she's been an absent mother not necessarily through any fault of her own since he was taken from her but from his point of view he's like you haven't been there and this is what my dad has told me so just deal with that and then trying to chip away at his radicalization proves much more difficult than she thought it would be i think she underestimated that he is very much his father's son it's a rude awakening for her and i think it's something she hopes she can succeed in but it's just a very illogical moment for naomi the whole thing is very emotional and we just don't see her doing things from that place so i think it definitely speaks a lot to your criticism that man she should have thought better but i think uh merging our opinions on the matter and which i too uh, definitely agree on the the more (laughs) realistic what i would have wanted for her to do the more you know less emotional rational thing is to bring someone along anyone even if it's not jim if it's not the boys if it's not her family maybe even reaching out to drummer she's a belter and that could have been someone that can help her or even have like a little guard be sent with her via fred johnson so there's not no fodder to what you're speaking she definitely could have rationalized out the plan i wouldn't say she tripped into it in the way uh like she went in completely uh dumbfounded like about the possibility of running into margo but as far as what she thought was going to happen when she got face to face with her son she completely underestimated and had this illusion that was quite frankly just devastating to even consider in any other possibility and that's why i think she acts so desperate and irrational in this episode and rather suicidal at some points is because she now has to wrestle with the full awakening of all of those feelings and emotions there was someone else that pointed out that oh the irony that marco would have the proto-molecule and she's the one that gave the sample to fred and then they followed it up with this is all her fault oh oh come on (laughs) sometimes people just want to dig at naomi but i'm sure that also was waving on in the same way that drummer can't be blamed for not going with ashford hindsight is a motherfucker it's always going to exist but you you make the best decisions that you can make at the time or that you're rationally thinking about at the time and then sometimes you got to deal with the consequences of the mistake of that i like she also says um the results of it are what they are. You'll see when you watch, but it's traumatic. And I don't think she's okay with Marco's parenting, hence why she's there. I don't think she has any right to have much of an opinion about it in a way. And that's kind of the the crux she finds herself in. Yeah, he was taken from me, but also I left. <laughs> what did I kind of expect was going to happen? I had this idea that it wasn't going to go the way it did. And then it did go the way, And now she has to deal with that um what else there was a really good uh part in here a lot of great parts actually in this uh, it's the io9 gizmodo interview um i did retweet it and then i wanted to point it out uh, a really good quote because keon talks i mean if you've not seen him in an interview he actually uh, is a very deep thinker when it comes to his characterization and i think that works really well with the character of marco because there's just so much you can work with and i think he embraces the material really well um i like this line uh, marco is somebody who's quite intelligent and strategic and therefore wears a lot of masks and here comes somebody he encounters from a young age that he falls for his walls don't hold her back he feels completely seen by her and therefore is vulnerable so this is a situation where all of the control where all of the control that he's able to exert as a rebel as a freedom fighter and now as we see in season five a true leader this is a person who breaks through all that just with her gaze just by the virtue of being who she is that is him talking about naomi's threat to him What's interesting, and I'm not sure we've seen really any indication of this yet, was Naomi's um, words about Marco, which I will find in just about 20 seconds uh, once I get through that. But there was another thing you brought up. Um, I, I wanted to also bring up the fact that you said she left before and that was not a good idea i think that is part of naomi's journey see when you leave things in the past and you don't deal with them they're always going to find a way to intrude even in your present and in the same way she went back to the belt because she was nostalgic she still has this very close need and want and desire to be politically involved in the belt and it wasn't until she realized that her family on the Rossi has superseded those desires when they almost were dead is that she finally settled into that that mindset and then just when she's coming around to this is my family now she gets the her son dangled in front of her and she can't resist stepping back into that nostalgia stepping back into that unfinished business and i think that's why it's so while i i think everything that led her there was emotional but it's something that i feel she needed to get to and deal with uh let's see i think firstly there's a oh she's talking about philip um there was something she was talking about in regards to marco maybe that's a different interview that oh yeah it is a different screen rant did an interview as well and i love their line where the interviewer asks uh even though this is not a love triangle holden's presence is there between you in your scenes how do you each react to holden's existence even when he's not physically there keon responded who's Holden? i don't know who that guy is (laughs) um she makes a very interesting comment she says that i would even go this is not the whole comment so look at the interview if you want the whole thing i would even go so far as to say that maybe that relationship is not as passionate in the same way that her one with marco was and obviously they don't have a child together so there's just like this real light bulb moment of being like oh this is why i always find with people when you see their partner from before you're like oh you went the other way <laughs> so basically she's saying marco is spicy and holden is all types of vanilla and she went full vanilla because spicy was too hot whatever happened then your next one was the complete opposite i think what you see is not only her fighting to save her son in her own head saving him she's also in between these two things she went away from him aka marco towards this thing she is now Marco represents one and Holden represents the other. And I think what's gorgeous about the interactions with Marco is there's always that thing of like, is he going to manage to pull this way, away from that Holden safety she's created, or is she always there? She's just come for her son. I think what's beautiful about the scenes. Is you're never sure and i think naomi's working out as well actually or working that out as well actually it's most dangerous she's ever been in emotionally marco's dangerous for her i just thought that was an interesting perspective that i'm not a hundred percent sure <laughs> quite if i have gotten there or seen that particular part of their relationship uh, play out but the actor keon also says that um that naomi is dangerous to him so two people that are dangerous to each other you know i've been waiting for them to get in a room all season so i think once we do get that moment it will shed a lot more light and make some of these older scenes make sense and i think even going back to season one i think because i was so prone to see but they did a really a really good job over the seasons of showing and bringing everything to this moment of learning about marco and what her past was like with him and there's still so much we still need to know that i think is is going to shed just so many layers on why naomi is the way she is and it's just it's really really a lot (laughs) um what was this note that i wrote down here oh you were saying that she sent the message for holding to save her i can see how you could think that was a plea that i don't think that naomi wants holding anywhere near the situation (laughs) that's just i'm just gonna say this as a book reader and i it, it can be conveyed any type of way in the show but I, I think they did In the show with her basically saying I You can't help me with this and I don't want you to I think that still rather applies Telling him Where she is I think that's just Her being like this is where I am Because he probably has been trying to get a hold of her he, She knows the rock, rocks have dropped And he's probably sent a million she He's already sent a million messages since she left That she never responded to So I think in that moment It was this is where i am but not necessarily come and get me and find me um i don't i think yeah i'm just gonna leave it at that (laughs) that i think she really is trying to protect holden and i think her protecting holden is the only thing that kept her from continuing her own particular assassin's creed mission because sis still had that knife and i don't think for five seconds (laughs) she's desperate i think that sums it up very perfectly is she's desperate and in the moment where it became oh there's holden this thing that i love and you see that and then when you go back to that scene where she's in the kitchen and she's looking at the coffee like and then what is up with some of the scenes though i will say like how did how did everyone know that she did not take the gravity drugs like that was uh that's why i said i would have been happier if marco had made something like he's creepy enough that he would have been all up in like the rossi's documents like they we could make some case for why he would know what he would know about that but really naomi didn't show that to nobody what do you mean that was on the feeds that was an odd line and and so was the other line of um fuck now i'm gonna miss it because there was another really oh yeah when she came in and she said oh you missing your lover your jim holden his love of coffee everyone knows it in the galaxy i will give a little bit for that only because monica did the documentary and she probably put that all over so yes his love of coffee may have been included but it's just a weird thing for a belter to be like oh you're staring at a coffee machine you must be thinking about your ex lover i didn't i'm about your current lover I, I was a stretch for that a stretch for that very much though so, but um amos can definitely he is very he's a survivalist he's predatory of course he would be the one that would be pushing for any and everything and and that's another unfortunate you don't get it amos's head in these moments that it's visceral it's it's um it's very much a reactive thing versus a thinking thing and i know that's not to diminish the fact that clearly he's capable person but someone also made a point to say well i don't understand why he needs holden or naomi clearly he's capable of taking care of himself of course he's capable of taking care of himself that was never a debate Amos doesn't have a moralistic code he doesn't he and who gave him that code was Lydia and then he found people that he could live into that code with but Amos doesn't necessarily know the difference between right or wrong and he clearly does not have bigger picture um ideas at all and i think it was cute that they did it in a slight way to to you know oh it was a shockwave from africa i'm still gonna say it because it's crazy when he said it and no one else brought it up but yeah he he's the guy that can be that guy he's always gonna take care of shit and try to get shit done but yeah he's not someone who particularly is a decision maker and he is in a, in a point where he would excel because it's all about making sure he's breathing at the end of the day and do whatever he needs to do to continue breathing and he's with someone who understands that peaches. so i'm happy to see uh where they end up and where their story unfolds as well So I think I've talked enough about the episode. and I haven't even gotten the spoilers. This is going to be a fucking three hour podcast. Jesus Christ. But there was a lot to unpack in this episode. Even more so than the action pack episode. Because there's a lot of layers. But I will jump into the spoilers really quick. If you want to send feedback. You can send that to blackoutcouch at gmail.com. 10 minutes and under for audio. Or you can send it in a written format. You can find this podcast on pod Stitcher, your itunes spotify wherever else good podcasts are found until then peace hair grease and black girl magic spoilers 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 all right just a few things so is it me or is anyone else just missing the dialogue the inner dialogue between naomi and the book now i know she's not the same character uh she had to play a weak type of character and, and you know was much more deceptive versus our naomi she just would not react in that type of way um she doesn't have her trauma she doesn't wear her trauma in the same manner so i'm fine with that i just it kind of takes a little bit away because we don't get to see her settling in back into her old life and seeing how these people react to her the love and the familial thing in which they do enjoy with her and why they're so angry at her so i think that is something that's missing for the story beats and it's why maybe a lot of the fandom is not connecting like with the whole thing with sin and and what mimi brought up and especially with carl as well it's just more like why is this chick always angry she just seems bitter and like you never like me in the first place but there is this deep love between all of these people that is not as well stated so I kind of missed that from the books um I'm sad we never got that whole thing on the Pella of them eating and making their old dishes together and then seeing that there was something between them before things all fell apart and then I feel after this this particular move where do we go from there in regards to um how she gets out of this room like i'm sure someone's gonna have something to say about the knife marco is eventually going to want i mean at this point he shouldn't be mad you try to kill me i try to kill you so we're on even planes that's where our emotions are and i think things need to be said between them and now that the opportunity has passed where (laughs) more and more it's it seems as if that explosion is coming to a head that's gonna be a big part of it and then of course her escaping to the Czech smoke is that the name of the ship um that part as well i'm glad to see that it is still rolling with them um what other point that i want to make about oh about the gravity thing i thought that was a really well done thing in the show and added a personal element to what the actual belter struggles were but they're not utilizing it in the f- in the way in which it 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 was i feel put in there for the throwaway line with sin was okay but it, it came out more powerful when marco was talking about it in his speech and i know his particular speech did run on long but him even revealing that particular info i think would have worked a lot better between him and naomi because he could have easily used this in a way to you could see that push and pull that the actors seem to be talking a lot about but five episodes in we really haven't seen a great deal of I think that they're they're doing well if you've read the books in their looks and in the way they play it out but it's two different worlds and if you're not a book reader you're not going to get the full depth of that experience and that's just rather unfortunate um still not a hundred percent convinced marco did not set in motion like the whole idea because i think that's where the question mark of making philip be the one that chose to kidnap her and marco not be around be behind this why it's still missing that element for me because why did she need to go to Palace Station? why is it con- it's too convenient that fred would have a spy that would spot philip this particular day that would happen to lure her just in this moment that they just committed the hugest atrocity in history it made more sense in the book that marco would send the message and that she left jim doing something that she knew was not great and okay because marco had the bounty on him and whatever the case may be and she chose to help her old side of her family in the in trying to help her son it was a different situation that I think melded better and then changing it rather made it sloppier and I don't know if the change was necessary unless they're gonna do something in the next few episodes that make it make more sense to me otherwise I'm just a little disappointed it's still great don't get me wrong but I think it's it's missing that those layers that complexity complexity that they really pull off so well in in the source material and I'm just eager to see these interactions and I'm getting just so small of them and I want them to be more and just bigger and that's just me but I do think it played out better Uh, it also falls into that obsession of psyche that is still there but it doesn't present itself in a way that's rather apparent and you just can't trust an audience to pick up on everything i think they're doing a good job to, in the the after show but even those are rather quick i've been watching a few of them and they they go by so quickly you don't have enough time to really delve as deeply or you shouldn't have, And because i do believe that sometimes reading an interview can be a little bit more insightful to you or clarify some things about what you've seen in a show but everyone doesn't read interviews unfortunately um i really hope bull does take the pilot position he's someone who's familiar but someone we don't necessarily need to be thoroughly attached to i think that's okay for me i think that everyone would be fine if alex went back to his family on mars i think killing him off is rather Eh, i don't think it's necessary because he is a part of the books and he does have a part to play even if he's not going to play that particular role going forward we could settle him off on you know doing something that he really will regret for the rest of his fucking life if we're being thoroughly honest (laughs) um the menace also of tiny was rather dulled down just watered down a lot on those scenes about his interactions with amos i thought they played it off of a comedic aspect and maybe they did for the sake of the heavy plot that was going on with the anaros faction but it did also diminish really that character in all of his glory and we didn't get those nefarious actions or nefarious moods that led up to the actions of him killing all of those guards escape one would think he might even try to uh actually escape before going on a terror what did he plan to do with amos and clarissa they weren't his enemies i don't even know if he really was gonna go after amos he amos decided to to save rona and rona i'm glad that she made it out of the end uh she also did in the books but she was someone that was a a upstanding person and not a bad person and even though those other guards did die i'm glad we didn't see people being assholes they were all rational they didn't do stupid things i like when you have characters that would think rationally in the situation that they're in do exactly the things that they do and get the job done that is what i did appreciate but Amos being Captain America. There goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. This is a lot of the Amos from the book that I enjoy. We all know he's rolling up to Baltimore. So I'm going to be happy to see Eric again. Where they're going to find the bikes, I don't know. I think that we may see some of the uh, effects on some of the neighborhoods of the landscape in particular because that's probably definitely changed i'm i'm excited for the next parts i just hope that they are going to do like episode eight they said that's the big episode for naomi so i'm guessing that's going to be her uh, rescuing herself a lot of the fandom thinks drummer is going to do it i don't know what drummer is going to do but i did notice that michio pa is not Okasana, but is another character so i think that drummer is eventually going to take the full-on role of Michio Pa and becoming um the head of the transport union but I think they're going to need to do a little bit more legwork on the fact that of where most of the belters are and that's where I really hope we focus more back on that situation like I love that they're going all over the place actually I think they're treating each storyline in the proper amount of time I think it's just maybe my expectations might not be met because it is only 10 hours and it is a 26 hour book uh for them to really touch on those very uh, nostalgic moments for me and things are moving very quickly but knowing the belters is a is a big deal but they also have season six to tell some of that as well we don't have to get it in in entirety and book six does Holden has a part to play in that and I think him being on Tycho and stuck there because the Rossi not only is it still it still needed to dock for a little while on repairs it now needs to be debugged is Sakai going to now that she is survived because it's one thing to be all bull and bad and then you have to live with it that's the part that's hard is living with it afterwards it's it's one thing to die a martyr it's another thing to rot in a prison and we already had bull saying he was going to throw her out of an airlock i think that holden might actually try to get through to her i just think that she's a character in which we can see or we can garner a little bit more on why someone would follow marco and holden at this point now that he knows that his woman is with the enemy he's going to want all the information on marco so is bull and taking this man down because he also holden has a has a tie to the belt and other belters who might be wanting someone to step in that that spot where it's like okay well i'm not really all the way marcos but at the same time we're kind of in the same boat now whether we want to or not and i don't want to sink so we need to make this shit happen and that means a, a bridging of those two different ideals and where the fuck is freaking anderson dawes no mention of him whatsoever in this episode and i expected so on Tycho station so that is it for me again next time East, hair grease and black girl magic